Welcome back into Slick Talk. This is your host, Blackstone Joe, and you are listening to episode 45, When Data Calls. Yes, it's going to involve data and phone calls, and phone calls specifically from the offices of Blackstone Laboratories. Uh, I want to break down why you may be getting a call from us and why that might make a huge difference in your report, the findings, the meaning of the data, whether that points to a problem or not, and why it's important to, if you ever see the number 260-744-2380 pop up on your caller ID, why you should, if you can, answer that call. Before I get into the main event, though, I did want to give a thank you to everyone who checked out our last episode. We had a great response to One for the Books, where we broke down the 10 Mostly engines, but there is one notable wildcard in there. Uh, Most sampled models that we've seen in the building. And I got to do a lot of fact-finding myself and just digging up those numbers and finding out for sure what the answers were to that top 10. That was fun because I had my suspicions, but there were still plenty of surprises. So thanks again for everyone who checked that out. We even had a couple listeners post reviews. I have sent some swag your way. Thank you very much for taking the time. We do have quite a few listeners at this point. I feel obligated to ask how you all are doing. I hope you're doing well, especially while you're listening to this show. If you're not doing well, then I hope this show provides a little distraction from that. To be perfectly honest, your host could be doing a little bit better. I'm going to indulge myself just a little bit. I hope you all find this, eh. If you don't have this problem, then you can at least say, hey, I'm not dealing with that today. So I woke up one morning. You know, it was a beautiful day. I I walked outside to my, my car. I'm getting on my way to work. And for those that don't know, I drive a Chevy Blazer. Right now, I have a Blazer. If you know me, I tend to change vehicles every couple of years. That's just because I like the word new. And I do like to try different things. I like to, you know, at this point, I've had a coupe. I've had a full-size pickup. I've had an SUV. Like, I want to try a little bit of everything so I can find out for sure, like without a doubt, what I like the most. So I walk out to my car. It's a new Blazer. It is a... Technically, the color, this is something that I find kind of funny. The color on the paperwork is like burnt cayenne instead of just saying, you know, orange or some variation of orange. And it it struck me that, you know, the color, the name of the color for every vehicle uh, from the manufacturer is always something a little out of left field. It's, it's it's more detail than you anticipate needing to have. Like, I, I know why they do that. There's so many different shades and you need to separate them somehow. But some of the names are still funny. Like my, my Silverado was like a, a deep ocean blue. And it wouldn't surprise me if like, say I would have gotten a red one. It was like romantic 
roadside red or something along those lines. I, I just find the color names to be interesting is all. So I walked out to get in my car on my way to work, had a great day at the office. I left the office. I worked out. I We had dinner at my in-laws. That went really well. Anyone who's married knows that every successful dinner with your in-laws is just a good thing. You, you need to build up that equity. And if the good times are rolling, you want to keep them rolling. If, if you're on a bad streak, then you can fix it maybe with a good dinner. Um, so that goes well. I'm leaving my in-laws. I'm about to wrap up the day on a high note. And then I see on the passenger side something I wouldn't have noticed when walking out on my way to work because I get it on the driver's side, obviously. I come around the passenger side, open the door for my wife. Yes, that's because I'm a gentleman. Put that aside. So I open the door and I see on the right side of the hood a bullet hole. Literally a bullet hole. I knew it right away. Like, there's no mistaking this. So I look at that, and I was kind of numb instantly, uh, to be honest with you. I had no emotions because I knew one thing right away. It doesn't matter who did it. I mean, maybe if it was a like someone who had good insurance that was just rolling around one day and popped one off in the hood, and then I found them, and then they're like, yeah, that was definitely me. Here's my insurance. Uh, just let my agent know. Unless it was a dreamlike scenario like that, there's no outcome that isn't just me paying my deductible and then getting this fixed. Like, like there's no way out of it. And the funny thing, it, it kind of became a running joke every time I showed someone this bullet hole. They were like, ah, oh, it's a beautiful car. Shame about that bullet hole. And yeah, it is a shame. And I can laugh about it because thankfully that bullet did not go clean through the hood. Uh, there's two layers on this hood, thankfully. Thank you, GM, for, for doing this. There's two layers and the slug is still, when I pop the hood, it's still like rattling around in there. So I avoided a worst case scenario of the bullet going through, hitting the block, hitting something else. I mean, there's a lot that could go wrong from a bullet going through your hood. So I dodged that, thankfully. It was around 4th of July weekend, so my working theory, because I, I have some enemies, but none that I think would go rolling around and shooting my blazer. I think someone just, like, fired a gun straight in the air. And then, you know, what goes up comes down. And thankfully, it just happened to uh, happen to hit the hood and not anything else and didn't go through the hood. So when I say I could be doing better, I'm mainly referring to uh, having a bullet in my blazer. But it is a bullet blazer now. It has character, and that's cool. So who knows? I'll get it fixed at some point, mainly when I feel like coughing up the money. But for now, we roll just with a little more street cred. So I've been looking at some weird samples in the uh, the lab lately. Um, I'm going to start telling you all about these because I think you'll be interested. I've specifically had requests even about like the good, the bad, and the ugly. What unusual stuff do you see? So I'm going to indulge that uh, interest a little bit 
and I, I it's you know when, when I have easy examples, I have no issue bringing them up. So yesterday I was looking at, I believe it was a pre-buy sample. It was a transmission uh, from a yacht, or might have just been a less less expensive boat. I'll be honest, I don't have it right in front of me, but I do have in my memory uh, something that I won't soon forget. So. Sometimes we find metal in oil, uh, visible metal. Um, ideally not, but sometimes we do. And in this case, uh, there wasn't just the, the flake or sliver. The oil itself contains so much metal that when opening the bottle, I took the lid and I placed it near a magnet. And I kid you not, the oil was leaping off of the lid and onto the magnet. And then after that initial uh, splash, almost, then I could see the the finer pieces as well. And uh, just to draw a connection um, between the visual appearance and the data, in the data, the spectral results, there was like 2,100 parts per million of iron. So that explains the magnetic nature of the sample. But when people talk about, you know, is, is there a problem... Um, you know, sometimes they, they just want to know what amount of metal signals a problem. And, and truth be told, that answer is um, evasive in terms of giving you a one-size-fits-all. You know, this amount of metal is a problem. It really depends on the system, how much metal it can handle. Is that metal wearing related? Is it from new parts, modifications, whatever? But this is an example where I am very confident there was, in fact, a problem. Magnetic oil is a first for me seeing that face to face uh you know sometimes we'll see like i said little slivers little flakes um and that often you know it's it can go either way but uh good rule of thumb if you if you have a magnet handy and you're taking the drain and it's attracting oil to that degree you could take a sample but uh, i'd be tempted to cut to the chase and seek inspection immediately all right, time to talk a little bit about phone calls. A phone call can make all the difference. Um, now, there are clerical reasons why we might call you. Um, so the reason I want to talk about these is I, I want to give some context to you all. And I, and I also want to encourage you to uh, not feel any type of way right off the bat. If you ever see us call you, uh, you know, you're a customer and... And, uh, you know, you've sent a sample. Basically, I want to alleviate uh, certain assumptions. Um, often when I call and I, I say I'm from Blackstone and I'm looking at a, a sample of yours, the, the customer's tone and reaction can sometimes be, oh, no. You know, like I'm calling with like a, a, a diagnosis or, you know, a discussing a terminal disease or something. Uh, and, and I don't want that to be the, the first assumption. Um, when we call, there, there might well be something that looks tragic. Um, but there's one primary reason I, as an analyst, tend to pick up the phone. Because, you know, of course, you can get calls from, you know, folks that are trying to sort out your billing. Maybe you have a credit card, the expiration date's wrong, or, or, or we need to find out who's paying for it. Is this your sample? Is it your is it your uncle's? Did you give your slip to your friend? We might call to sort out the clerical details, but for me as an analyst, uh, often when I pick up the phone and I call, it's because I want to get a little more information before making any hard and fast calls. Now, 
obviously, if I'm looking at a sample with magnetic oil that's leaping off the uh, the lid, then I'm probably going to cut to the chase because there's not any good explanation for that amount of metal. But there's a situation the other day that that, that spurred the, uh, the need for this topic because it's just such a great example of why I pick up the phone, the value of it, and the difference it makes in the report. So to make this a little bit easier to give you a direct illustration, this was a situation. I was looking at an aircraft sample. Uh, this was a recently purchased aircraft, and it was the first sample since this new owner took over and truth be told some of the results did raise the possibility of a problem so this was a lycoming and we were looking at a very significant spike in one particular metal and that would be chrome uh, with this being a new owner taking over i had no idea um, at least per the slip i didn't know about recent repairs i didn't know about cylinder type and these things can change especially cylinder types over the years you know even if we have history where you had factory steel cylinders for the longest time you know, there could be an overhaul, there could be other work that we don't know about that could bring about a change in this metallurgy. So I was looking at a significant spike in chrome, and I had a little bit more aluminum, I had a little bit more iron too, but chrome was the main story. And whether it's an aircraft engine, whether it's gas or diesel, just automotive even, a spike in chrome is something to make note of because if it's solely from the rings, then it just doesn't take much to show a ring issue. The, the rings just don't make a lot of metal normally. That's why like in most automotive engines, you'll see an average chrome level be like one part per million. And this was a spike, you know, maybe I think close to even a hundred uh, parts per million. And from my standpoint, you know, we're, we're just not doing our job if we don't try and make sure we have all of the information handy that we know has anything took place recently that we need to know about repairs new parts you know are the cylinders factory steel or not you know are, are they a different metal entirely uh, in which case chrome would still warrant concern so i made a phone call and i ended up being put through to voicemail I write up the report to the best of my ability. And fortunately, the customer got back to me. I think it was, you know, right at the buzzer. It was like close to five o'clock and we were about to send out our reports. And I had to, in the absence of any additional info, strike a more cautionary tone just to cover the bases. I can't afford to say, well, this uh, isn't really a problem because I, I'm not entirely, you know, I, I can't just let something off the hook. I have to acknowledge the possibility of a problem and hope that I come by more info. But fortunately, the customer had just that. They were able to call and let me know that they had just added all Chrome cylinders and taking this information into account i think the engine had also been doing some sitting opening the door for corrosion so from that phone call me just leaving a voicemail and then having the customer reach back out to me i was able to gain info that made the difference that took this from well we have to acknowledge the possibility of a serious problem test compressions just to be safe um you know you might even want to look at the cylinder walls with a borescope etc etc going from that to well taking this wear in situation into account we're first going to look for the progress that we should find from wear in washing out and being able to assign more definite sources for these elements and knowing where to go from there 
knowing what to expect from a wear-in situation versus having to proceed with a more cautionary plan of action. It just made all the difference. So we want to call either A, to look into clerical details. You know, we want to find out if there's anything we're missing. You know, maybe you send in a blank slip. Maybe we don't know who's paying for a sample, whatever. But from the analyst's perspective, it really is invaluable to have that opportunity to reach out and ask what else might be going on. And of course, for the sector of folks who... <laughs> who do get phone calls where uh, we just have to express our concern right off the bat. It's not our favorite thing to do, but we like to give you that preview ahead of the comment. And also it lets you know we care about what's going on with these engines. We care about passing the useful info along as quickly as possible. So yes, for the folks that do get uh, the more worrisome phone calls, the ones where uh, we have to raise awareness um, of a problem right off the bat. That is part of it too. But when you get a phone call from us, uh, don't anticipate that it's always going to be bad news. Um, and of course, if you ask us to call just because you want explanation or, or you want uh, to, to have an analyst walk through the report, we'll do that too. But when you see our number pop up, there's a lot of possible explanations for that. And I just wanted to walk you through one where it can simply be an analyst that is trying to have all the facts on their side to give you the very best evaluation. So yeah, when we call, it's it's because we do need something. Whether that be more information, it is not a auto uh, disqualification for, for a good report. Uh, not, nothing like that. And of course, I would view this as something else that sets us apart um, from other labs. We actually take the time to understand what the implications of these results could be. You know, this this could mean that the owner is going to have to look into expensive repairs. This could mean that they might have a serious problem that needs addressed. So because of that, we'll want to reach out. Whereas a lab that might just send you a very uh, vanilla uh, presentation of numbers with a comment box that says something like metals, high caution. You know, that's not our goal. We want to take the next step and we want to make sure that we have a open line of communication, something easy for you to access. And of course, you're always welcome to pick up the phone yourself and speak to the analyst who wrote the report or just ask any questions that you might have that weren't covered. That line is open for you and we encourage you to take advantage of it whenever you need to. So this is Blackstone Joe signing off. Thank you.